take your Bible this morning, and I'd like to start a series I believe that is necessary, and on Sunday morning for the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about prayer. We got the mechanics, we got the building, uh, we got the uh, promotions, and we have the computers. Now what we need is power, intimacy, relationship, fellowship with the Lord. And I think maybe all of us could stand a little help in our prayer life. If not, we need a little help in our lying life. So I imagine if there's one thing we fail to do on a regular basis, it would probably be prayer. If there's anything we get too busy and preoccupied doing good things and leaving off the better, it would probably be prayer. So I thought maybe we'd just have a little time of prayer preaching. Is that all right? If it's not, you can go to the bathroom and we're selling popcorn in the vestibule until I get through. Amen. All right. Notice in your Bible, Matthew chapter number 6. If you note the context, you'll find it in chapter 5 and verse 1. The context the Bible says, And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. So our Lord now has gone to the mountain and his disciples with him, and for three chapters, the Lord is going to preach and teach what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. You'll find there the Beatitudes. Blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed is he who marries, for he shall eat a regular. <clears throat> That's the 13th Beatitude, okay? And you go down through there and you see the Lord instructing his new disciples. And he instructs them on everything in the world you can imagine in these three chapters. In chapter number six, he begins to talk about giving. And he instructs his disciples on how to give to the Lord's work. Immediately when he ceases that, notice verse number five. And when thou prayest. Verse number 6, but thou when thou prayest. Verse 7, but when ye pray. Verse 9, after this manner therefore pray ye. He takes it for granted that these folks are going to pray because he says when thou prayest. He does not say to them, you ought to pray. Although in Luke chapter number 18, he said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. 
the great apostle in closing out the book of Thessalonians said men ought always to pray. There is not a religion, a cult that you know of that does not pray. For some unknown reason, there's always that encouragement and always that longing of the heart to reach out to that which you worship and that which you love. So our Lord takes for granted that his disciples would pray if we do not get too busy. If we do not get too neglectful. If we do not get too prosperous realizing that we don't need God with 10 bedrooms, 14 baths, 3 garages, and 4 cars, and 1 jet ski. He takes for granted that we are going to pray. So my question to you, do you pray? When do you pray? How do you pray? Do you pray right? You mean you can pray wrong? The Bible said you have not because you ask not, and you receive not because you consume it upon your lust. So the Bible is very specific in prayer. Now let's read the verses in all its uh, conclusion. And when thou prayest, verse 5, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. You see, we spiritual folk are not the only ones that pray. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard farther much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray you. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is, uh, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily stake. Oh, I mispronounced that. I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Should have put, uh, you know, our daily sardines or something. 
And forgive us of our debts as we, as we, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now our Father today, if ever, our church needed, and I, as pastor, ever needed instructions, encouragement. Lord, it's today. We live in an evil, wicked world that we do not understand. Things happen that we cannot hardly comprehend. Shootings, murders, rape, terrorism, Lord and worldliness, it just looks like we're losing the battle. But Lord, if there's a lot of sinners out there, that means the fields are white under harvest. And Lord, for us to try to win the loss without your power, your blessings, and an intimate relationship and fellowship with thee, it would be absolutely fruitful for us to even try. And Lord, if our church is nothing more than an institution, a place to meet and to shake hands and fellowship and sing, if that's all this is, how bad we need to pray. So Lord, I pray the Lord of the harvest today, I pray to you that you'd bless and encourage each of us to pray. To pray like you want us to pray. To pray when you want us to pray. For what you want us to pray for. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The idea of coming before the Lord of the universe, the creator of all that you and I see today, and asking him for stuff is mind-boggling. I'm not talking about Obama or Mrs. Obama or the speakers of the House or whoever you're going to vote for next time. I'm talking about coming into the presence of divinity, of all power, of all wisdom, of all knowledge, and being able to come into his presence and speak with him and he with me, that is absolutely mind-boggling to me. The absolutely nobody from the hills of Tennessee 
stepped out of a holler back yonder a long time ago. Was not valedictorian in my class. I couldn't even spell it when I graduated. When everybody else was practicing for graduation, I was in jail, starting the jail ministry, of course. And upon graduation from high school, my, my, my principal looked at me and said, of all the people I ever thought would never make it, here's your diploma. <laughs> and to think that I can come boldly to the throne of grace and look into the face of he who is altogether lovely, who can speak the word and all of creation comes into existence instantaneously and sits on the throne of Almighty God in the throne room of heaven there ever making intercession for my sin. A high priest that has been touched with all the feelings of my infirmities and yet without sin. To think that I have the privilege and the promise and the provision and the protection of the one who sits in the throne room of glory crowned with a rainbow. He wants to talk with me and wants me to talk with him. Mind-boggling beyond imagination. Oswell Chambers said in his devotion dated August the 6th, the purpose of prayer is not to get answers from God. The purpose of prayer is to have perfect and complete oneness with God. God loves us and wants to talk to us. He has created us to have an intimate, personal relationship with Him. And prayer is essential to that relationship. The thing of Christianity is more than just Sunday morning from 10 to 12. At your workplace or at school... How do you know what is expected of you and what the rules are? Communication. Somebody has to communicate to us the rules, the do's, the don'ts. And what does communication involve? Talking and listening. Now, a lot of times, the communication at my house is completely one-sided. She says, sit down, shut up, and she talks, and she talks. I've told you, 
years ago before we moved into this building. Now, we're just going to have fun today, and I'll quit when we're ready to quit, and I'll start again next week. It's one good thing about being independent. You can do anything you want to. There ain't no ecclesiastical hierarchy any place telling us what we got to do and when we got to turn the lights out. We'll do it when God says, that's it, we'll zip it. Years ago, I, I know you think that the only way this church happened is I just put up a sign and everybody started coming. Because it's the easiest thing in the world to be a pastor of a church like this. There's no decisions need to be made or anything. So I was sitting down at the church one night, and it was late, and I'd been out soul winning, and uh, I was sitting in the cab of the truck uh, talking to somebody, and the phone rang. I accidentally had taken my phone with me. And I answered the phone. And there's a voice on the other end said, Where are you? I thought to myself, I thought God already knew where I was. And she said, Where are you? I said, I'm down at the church. She said, What are you doing? It's communication. I said, I'm talking to somebody. She said, I want you home now on the couch. I want to talk to you. So I turned to the fellow and I said, I think I better go home. <laughs> Communication. Communication is talking and listening. But the major part of communication is not talking. The major part of communication is listening. That's when you learn. That's when you find out what you need to do. Communication is not only talking, but it's listening. In your prayer, how long do you listen after you get through talking? Pray ye like this. You're going to pray, Jesus said, but I'll show you how to pray. Pray ye after this manner. He is not saying repeat the same words. He is saying I'm laying out for you the pattern the manner in which you are to pray if you want me to listen. Getting kind of quiet. And in order to be close to your Heavenly Father, there must be communication. How in the world can you get to know anyone of whom you do not speak to and talk to and allow them to talk to you. How do you get to know anybody without communication? Well, say it's about church. No, it's not about church. It's about a relationship.
relationship. It's about communication. In order to know what you should do in your life, you must be in communication with the one who created your life. You need to have a regular committee meeting with the boss. And if you think he's not boss, don't tempt him. He's not out of pink slips. Because I can show you in the Bible many, many who died prematurely, prematurely because they did not listen to the boss. Pray ye after this manner. Notice I show you the first, the preparation to prayer. Prayer takes preparation. If you're going to pray, get ready. If you're going to pray, prepare for what you're going to say and for what you're going to ask. And the reason you ask, get prepared to pray. We prepare For our meals, we prepare for our work, we prepare everywhere in the world. Notice, if you would please, get it straight. Why are you praying? Verse 5 and 6. Get it straight. Why are you praying? The Bible said, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. I Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Prayer is between you and God and not you and the person next to you. I was in a missions conference several years ago with one of my preacher boys. And, and of course, I guess at the table that evening, he kind of wanted to, you know, show me that the little little girl could say prayers over the food. And uh, we've already started teaching uh, Ben and, and uh, Caitlin and uh, uh, what's the other one's name? Leah. Andrew. Yeah, we're teaching. I'm saying you do it like that, you know. And we'll, we'll have the kids say the prayer, you know. Caitlin will bow her head and grunt. Amen! We all take off eating, you know. But I was sitting at the table, and we were going to get ready to eat. And uh, Brother Bobby looked at his daughter and said, Now, would you say the blessing? And we bowed our head, and we couldn't hear a thing. And finally, we heard, Amen. Well, the preacher rebuked her daughter and said, Hey, I I couldn't hear you. She said, Daddy, I wasn't talking to you. Uh, Prayer is not between you and the folks around the table. Prayer is between you and God. Prayer is communication between you and God. Prayer is a child 
talking to a father and a father talking to a child. Prayer is intimate. It's when you say what you can't say to somebody else and feel what you can't feel when you're talking to somebody else. And, and, and prayer is between you and God. You need to get that straightened out before you ever start praying, before you ever bow your head, before you ever do anything. Get it straightened out. Bless your heart. Get it straightened out real quick on who you're praying to. Prayer's only purpose is to communicate and commune with God. That's the purpose of prayer. Boy, I'd give anything that I own if I could just talk to my daddy a, a while. You know, I was too cool to talk to him when he was here. You know, he parted his hair in the middle so he's square. Had high sideburns down to here. I accused him of being like Elvis. He said, I had these sideburns before Elvis was ever a gleam in his daddy's eye. Parted his hair in the middle, called him unisex, then ducked. But I wish I could talk to my daddy again. I wish I could just sit down and, and glean the wisdom of a eighth grade education and experience. I wish I could talk to him. That desire is there because he's my father. Look, if you don't have a desire to talk to your heavenly father, he may not be your heavenly father. Get it straightened out right quick. Prepare to pray. But you need to prepare. Uh, you need to get it straightened while you're praying. Number two, in preparation, you need to realize you're not going to impress God or you're not going to surprise God at anything you might say or feel. Notice, for your heavenly Father knoweth before you ever ask. I'm glad I serve a God that knows and loves and cares. You are not going to surprise him. Prayer is not a magic formula to get what you want. Listen to me. Prayer is not gimme, gimme, gimme. Prayer is love you, love you, love you, love you. Prayer is not, well, I just think I'd be a lot happier if I, my cruise control worked on my car. Just be happy and you got a car and push a pedal to the metal and let her fly, man. Prepare to pray. You need to realize who you're talking to. You need to realize you're not going to surprise them. I bet some of you have done things that whenever you tell God, he said, <gasps> I didn't know that. God said, well, if I'd known that, I, would, I wouldn't be listening to you. Anybody as sure as you are, why you ought not be talking to me. I'm holy. You're not going to surprise God. And you're not going to jerk his string. You need to prepare for when you get in the presence of God, he already knows why you're there. For the Lord knoweth. Now, notice what he does now. 
He says, when thou prayest, verse 5, but when thou prayest, verse 6, when thou prayest, verse 7, and then in verse 9, this is how you should pray. Pray ye after this man. And he gives us a pattern by which we are to pray. It does not mean that we are to repeat these words. It means this is a pattern by which you are to pray. And when I pray, number one, I'm to realize without any shadow of a doubt, I'm to recognize to whom I am speaking. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, holy, is thy name. Somehow that gives me an impression I'm not walking into the throne room with tennis shoes and Bermuda shorts and a t-shirt that says, if you love Jesus, honk. Now that went over like a concrete cloud, but I really don't care. Reverence our Father, which art in heaven. I don't know what the Jehovah's Witness is going to do with that deal. Father is in heaven. Well, there ain't no heaven. Well, how can he be in heaven? Somebody's wrong. And it sure ain't God. Amen. They say this is heaven. Well, take them down to the hospital and show them how happy folks are. How beautiful heaven must be. If you're in the hospital someplace, well, that's stupid. I must recognize and I must have in my mind when I pray to whom I am speaking. Father. It's just something special about being a father. Especially if you're broke. That's when you find out if love is real or not. Huh? We treat our Heavenly Father like He's the treasure chest and the sustainer and the provider of all the junk that we junkies can enjoy. We say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How holy you are. And Lord, if you're holy, you must want me to be holy. And Lord, you're so holy that there's created beings in heaven that do nothing night and day but Cry out, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Lord, do you have tennis shoes on? If you do, they must be Air Jordans. Because I know you would not have Walmart hedgehogs because you're holy. Now, if you're going to pray, 
First thing you need to realize is to whom you are praying and to what you are entering. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Brag on him. Lord, you've been good. Lord, you've always been good. Lord, you said you're good and your mercy endure forever. Lord, I'm so glad you're good to me. Have you ever buttered up mom and daddy to try to get something you want? <laughs> Buddy, my kids are expert cons. Every single one of them, all six of them, are professional con artists. And I am the biggest glutton that you've ever seen. I never see through what they're doing. I just sit there like a big dummy and say, yes, you can have it. It's yours. Because the way I'm getting around, I ain't going to need it long anyhow. <laughs> can you save it? So I'm really saying, recognize who you're talking to. Don't just bust into the presence of God and say, 10, 4, over and out. Here I am again, God, and I need this and I need that. Do this, do that. See you tomorrow. 10, 4, over and out. You like talking to somebody who won't talk back? Man, it's tough carrying on a conversation with people who won't talk. How you doing? Everything okay? Well, it's good to talk to you. How's it going? You know why you don't pray? It's one-sided conversation. You do all the talking. There's no communication in that. Communication, prayer is communication. It's talking to God and God talking to you. Number two. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Well, notice this. We need to recognize his will and his work is priority over your will and your work. Notice, if you would, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In prayer, the most important thing is the will of God. Thy will be done. Not my will be done. Thy will be done. Now, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about when you pray and you come into the presence of God, you realize that he's the boss. You realize that he's the creator. You realize he is the savior. You realize that he's number uno. You realize there's none beside him. Now, Lord, since we got that straightened out, thy will be done. Until you get there, why should he answer your prayer? The most important thing in this world ought to be the will of God, not your will or my will. Thy will be done in earth 
just like it is in heaven. That's the second thing he said. Thy will be done. Kids, when you pray, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is your will for me? Not what I want for me. What do you want for me? Everything else, you're just blowing steam in the wind. Till you get that straightened out, you might as well not even pray. Well, I thought that was a better point than that. Amen. Well, what about me? Well, what about you? You're temporary at the best. You're wearing out at the least. You're not going to last long at the most. And most of the time, 95% of your decisions are wrong. Why not go to the chairman of the board? Why not go to he is all wise? Why not go and ask him, Lord, what? Is your will for me? Make me, bring me to the place where that I am so, so wrapped up in your person, Lord, that you would want me to be what you want me to be. And that's what I want to be, is what you want me to be. Thy will be done. You must realize and recognize who really is important. And what is important? I, I, I wish this was a lot better than it was, than it is. But he says in verse 10, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I read something last week. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to, to his will. He heareth us. That means God's not going to give you anything out of his will. That means if you're going to take a job out of state for 50 cents an hour more, an hour, and there's no church to attend, possibility your family will be drawn away from the Lord. You can bet it is not God's will you take that job. Somebody else is opening doors for you. This is the confidence we have in Him that if we ask anything in His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He heareth us, whosoever we ask we know that we have that petition that we desire of Him. Isn't it amazing? We always get hung up on whatsoever we ask, we receive. Whatsoever we ask, we receive. Desires of our heart, we receive. And leave that His will off. Now, I've got six kids, 24 grandkids and now a hundred great-grandkids. There is no way in this world I'm going to pay for my kids' detriments 
and dangers. I am not going to support an ungodly habit in my kids' lives. Why should God in yours? Why should God give me anything to pull me away from his will? Why would God tempt me? He will not. And so when you're praying and you're waiting on God to give you this thing that's going to pull you out of church, don't blame God for it. He's not going to give you anything that's outside his will. Because you get outside his will, you're in trouble. And God loves you. You say, well, I am going to go to the, I am going to marry somebody who is unsaved. Then I'm going to pray heaven down and they'll get saved. Now, probably what will happen is the unsaved will pull you out and you'll become like them instead of them becoming like you. When that happens, don't blame God for it. Because we are to pray, recognizing who is and recognizing that God wants to bless us and recognize that His will and His work comes first. I read for you another verse, and it's time to close. But this verse will not hurt you. It'll help you. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. This is 1 John 3, verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Wouldn't it be nice if we could stop that verse there? And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Wouldn't that be nice? Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Dear God, I'd like to have a Mercedes pickup truck with a raised kit on it. The loud pipe so I can get a ticket. Put a turkey on the hood so it looked like a Trans Am. To think, we Christians, whatsoever we ask, we receive of Him. Glory, hallelujah, that's right. Woo, bang. No qualifications. No do's, no don'ts. If I got corn on my toe, dear God, change toes with my corn. We act like that. But that's not what God says. If we keep his commandments, and if we do those things that are pleasing to him, and if we pray according to his will, then he heareth us. And the way I can have confidence in my prayer is that if I'm praying like this book says to pray, 
If I am so in tune with God that all of this junk does not move me, if I am not praying to please men, if I'm not doing it to please men, if I'm doing it because I love God and further His will and do His work, then I have confidence toward God. Because God vindicated it right here. Well, I just feel like it's God's feel like. You feel like you, you, your spirituality is based on how you feel? How's that feel? Not too good. Don't feel as good now as it did a little while ago, does it? See how close, how fast his feelings change? And you're going to base your relationship with God, your eternal well-being, your family's future, on me squeezing your nose and your feelings change. We must recognize to whom we're speaking. We must recognize what really is important. It's not the next car that I'm going to restore. It's not the next coon dog I turn loose. It's not the next deer I miss with my bow. What's important? Thy will be done. In earth, in their family, in her life, in Ada's life. Don't do any good for Aggie. We'll move. What's important? Because that determines your prayer life. And your prayer life will determine what really is important. Must recognize to whom we're speaking. Must recognize that really what is important. Notice I got to close. You say, how come? Because I got three people already asleep. Recognize that God knows best. Verse 11. Verse 11, the Bible says, and look at this. God knows best. Give us this day our daily bread. Huh? Give us this day daily bread. Not tomorrow's bread. Not next week's bread. Our spiritual relationship is a daily thing. Not a week-by-week thing, not a Sunday-by-Sunday. It is a daily thing. Give us this day our what? The outward man perish, and yet the inward man is renewed how? Day by day. Give us our daily bread. Yonder in the wilderness when God was pouring out the manna and sending the quail... Don't pick up enough for two days. This thing between God and Israel is a daily thing. Just pick up an omer. That's enough for one person. Don't let it stay overnight. And for you covetous folks, you ain't going to like what you're going to get when you pick up more than you think you ought to have. Because it'll stink and have worms in it the next day. How's your Christianity? 
If it is not a daily thing, I promise you, you got worms in it and starting to stink. You neglect the renewing of the mind. You, renect, you neglect the renewing of your spiritual nature. You forget that God says we need to do it on a daily basis, and I'll guarantee your Christianity becomes stale, dead. And you'll come up with every excuse in the world get out of doing what God wants you to do. Give us this day our daily bread. I must close. Recognize you need your need for forgiveness. Forgive us this day our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verse 14 and 15 is very plain. If we don't forgive, he will not forgive. We, lived in a, we live in a cursed creation. Temptation is all about us. It's worse now than it was when I was a kid. I can remember when we watched television as a kid, we didn't have a, one of these things, uh, what they call them, Mom, what they call them? I just tell Mama, give me the changer. Remote control. When I was a kid, how you changed the channels, you reached out the window and grabbed a hold of the handle that was to hold the antenna, and you turned the antenna so you could point it toward Knoxville or Morristown, and that's how you changed the channels. <laughs> we didn't have a lot of channels. They all must have been from up north because it all was snowy. Always snowy on the day. Uh, right? Good old days, right? I don't know why our televisions rolled a lot back in those days. I don't know why they did that. But you know, at the touch of a button, you can watch anything you want to watch. You can embrace and endorse and consume anything you want. There's no limits anymore. You agree? I mean, you can watch it, buddy, on primetime television. You can watch it. You can't sit there, you can sit on the news. You can't sit on the news, just watch a Dodge commercial. You can see anything you want to see. Boy, how we need to learn to pray. Dear God, keep us from evil. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us. Pray after this manner, the Bible says, not to ridicule, not to shame. Pray after this manner. I think our church has everything in the world it needs. Now what we need is something out of this world. We do not have financial problems. God is blessed beyond measure. We do not have building problems. We've got everything 
this world has to offer. Now what we need is something that only God offers. We need the power of the blessed Holy Spirit of God to grab a hold of the human heart when they walk in this place and paint a picture on the heart and soul of lost humanity how beautiful heaven must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. A haven of rest for the wicked. How beautiful heaven must be. We need to pray. A man's daughter had asked a local pastor to come by and see her very sick and pray for her father. When the pastor arrived, he's new in town, he found the man lying on a bed with his head propped up by two pillows and an empty chair beside the bedside. The pastor assumed that the old man had been informed of his coming and he said to the old man, well, I guess you were expecting me. And the old man said, no, who are you? The new pastor explained that he was the pastor of the local church. And, but when I saw the empty chair, I just uh, concluded that maybe somebody had told you I was coming and you had a chair there for me. The old man said, uh, yeah, you see the chair. Preacher, would you close the door? Because I really don't want my daughter or anybody else hearing this. Because I've never told anybody this before, said the man, but all my life I've never known how to pray. I've gone to church and I've listened to preacher after preacher talking about how to pray, when to pray, you ought to pray. But he said, preacher, it's always been over my head and I never, never, never was able to get a hand around how to pray. And about four years ago, my best friend Joe came by to see me. And we discussed about prayer. And my best friend Joe says, well, let me suggest something to you. He says, when you pray, why don't you just get your chair and sit down in it and get another chair set across from you. And you, by faith, pretend that Jesus is sitting in the chair. And he said, you know, I've been doing that for about four years now, preacher. I do it about two hours every day. And the preacher said, well, I've got nothing to add to that. Let's pray. And the preacher prayed and he left. The next day, the phone rang. And the daughter said, Preacher, I wanted to call you and tell you that my daddy died last night. Said something awful weird, though. Said, uh, I went in to say that I was going to the store. And he told some of them corny jokes he's always telling like old folk do. And we kissed and hugged and I left.
And I come back an hour later and walked in and my daddy was dead. He had died. But amazing thing, preacher, I don't understand. In fact, it really floats on being weird. Just before my daddy died, he laid his head in an empty chair and closed his eyes and died. Kind of weird. He laid his head in an empty chair. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven.